Good morning. Our psalm today is Psalm 5 on page 347. We'll be doing in place of the Venite, Psalm 95 on page 459. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 5 Ponder my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. O hearken thou unto the voice of my calling, my King and my God, for unto thee will I make my prayer. My voice shalt thou hear betimes, O Lord. Early in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art the God that hast no pleasure in wickedness, neither shall any evil dwell with thee. Such as be foolish shall not stand in thy sight, for thou hatest all them that work iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak lies. The Lord will abhor both the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, in the multitude of thy mercy, I will come into thine house, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness, because of mine enemies. Make thy way plain before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward parts are very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulchre, they flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God, let them perish through their own imaginations. Cast them out in the multitude of their ungodliness, for they have rebelled against thee. And let all them that put their trust in thee rejoice. They shall ever be giving of thanks, because thou defendest them. They that love thy name shall be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will give thy blessing unto thy righteous, 
and with thy favorable kindness wilt thou defend him as with a shield. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twenty-third chapter of the first book of Samuel. Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines, and save Kilah. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more, then, if we go to Kilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him, saying, Arise, go down to Kilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Kilah, and fought with the Philistines, and struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kilah. Now it happened, when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Kilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Kilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war, to go down to Kilah to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Kilah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Kilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver you. So Saul and his men, about six hundred, arose and departed from Kilah, and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Kilah. So he halted the expedition. And David stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness, and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods, and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding with us in strongholds in the woods, in the hill of Hakilah, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure, and see the place where his hideout is, and who has seen him there. For I am told he is very crafty. 
See therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides, and come back to me with certainty, and I will go with you. And it shall be, if he is in the land, that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain of the south of Jeshimon. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David. Therefore he went down to the rock, and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Then David went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David, and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. When da then David went up from there, and dwelt in the strongholds at En Gedi. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus S. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 18th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. And he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the tax collector, standing far off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, 
and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without thee may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about today's lessons. Um, we begin with our, our reading from Samuel this morning, and some interesting things that occur here. It's interesting to note that, you know, just despite Saul wiping out the city of Nob and killing a bunch of priests, that Abiathar goes to David in the wilderness and is able to still act as the means of David's continued communication with God, that Saul fails, that Saul has been denied this thing that he longed for, information and knowledge that he's desperate for and that has been removed from him because of his unworthiness. And there's nothing he can do to prevent David from having this blessing from God, this connection with God. And in this, Abiathar uses the ephod. And we're not entirely clear on what this was. It was some sort of garment that the priest wore that you could use to communicate with God by asking him yes or no questions, sort of like a, a, a magic eight ball, if you will, that you would ask it an, a question that had, that God would answer either yes or no. So that's why at one point David asked two questions, get, receives one answer, and then has to repeat the first part of the question in order to get uh, clarification. So David has this connection with God, even in the wilderness, even when he is desperate and on the run, he is still connected with God. And another interesting aspect here is that even though he's on the run for his life, he still is devoted to Israel and is still fighting God's enemies, the Philistines and still helping the people. Whereas we see Saul, they're being continually attacked by the Philistines, yet he's taking time out to go chasing after David. He's ignoring what he was granted kingship to do, to defeat God's enemies and to, to protect and save his people. And instead he's looking after, he's trying to, to attack David and get rid of his rival for the, the throne. And so we see here in, in our chapter now that the people are the ones that are caught in the middle so that even though David goes and rescues this town that's being besieged by the Philistines, they are apt to hand him over to Saul because they're now caught between, in reality, three forces. They have the Philistines on one end, Saul on the other, and here's David, who seems to be a rebel. And so they're more than willing to give him up in order to secure at least one side, Saul. And the same happens with the people of Ziph. They are willing to help Saul give, give David up to them, give information on him. And so we should not see this as they're, that they're complicit in, in Saul's hatred of David. They're, they're caught in a very bad situation. And Saul controls the, the, 
the military might of Israel at this point. And David just has this band of, of ruffians, these outcasts and his own uh, tribal people. But one of the things that's most interesting here is David's relationship with Jonathan. And we often see some have called Jonathan naive, and I don't think he's naive at all. He's, you know, a, a, a mighty warrior. He's brave in battle. But there's a, a definite difference between being able to lead men in battle and being able to send men into battle. You know, the, the former takes bravery and trustworthiness. The second either takes hubris, which we see from Saul, or humility from David, this capacity to be able to send men out, knowing that some of them will die. And then there's another quality that David possesses, which is the, the ability to inspire men and women and the entirety of the people. He inspires all of them to be, to put away their fear and to follow him and trust in him. And so I think it's more of a, a question of Jonathan knowing himself. He's obviously brave and a good leader of men, but there's many more qualities that are required of a king that he knows with certainty that he sees in David. He knows with certainty that his father, as much as he loves him, lacks these qualities. And so he's willing to step aside and allow David to fulfill his, what he was born to be. And Jonathan is willing to support that. And so, and all of that comes from a knowledge of oneself. And so that brings us to our New Testament lesson, and specifically the, our, our, the second parable of Jesus this morning of the, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And we see that the Pharisee does not know himself. He has this false notion of himself. And, you know, Sunday morning I talked about this quote that I could not place who actually said it, and it turns out it was uh, Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, a Russian Orthodox Metropolitan of Great Britain who said that God can save the sinner that you are, not the saint that you pretend to be. And so we see this in the Pharisee, that he is so convinced of his own goodness by comparing himself to the tax collector, that he's actually doubly condemned himself, not only with his original sin, but compounding that by not understanding himself. And so the important thing to take away from that is that the tax collector is justified by his coming to God and confessing his faults and sins. And so what we should take away from that is that that is always where we have to start is in our confessions to God. We start in our path in the spiritual life with our confession of our faults, with this sober look at ourselves and our true natures and our true fallen natures, and then coming to God with humility and beginning in that place. You know, this past Sunday we had 
the, the, the parable of the prodigal son. And what happens there is the son, the prodigal son returns to his father. But what is with, with contrition and acknowledgement of what he has done wrong? And what does the father do? The father does not wait for him to come to him and commit these, to, to say these things. The father rushes out of the house and out into the field and meets him where he is, where he's able to confess his sins and then be granted entrance into the feast. And so that's what we should be taking away from that and our, our parable this morning is that God meets us where we are if we are willing to, to confess our faults and to begin there. We begin our relationship with God as broken people. And our relationship always begins and is refreshed and begun anew in God, in our brokenness, and not in our supposed righteousness or our our perfection or how good we are. It begins in how we're broken and our acknowledgement of that fact. So just some thoughts for today's lessons. Let's continue to acknowledge ourselves with the prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, 
and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grant we beseech thee, Almighty God, that the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears may through thy grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and praise of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Chris, Robert, Deacon John, another excellent message. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Deacon Thank you. Have a great day. Everybody, bye, kiddos.